More to the game. I'm back, man. I know I missed last week. I was sick. I still got a little bit of the cold in my body, so I didn't want to get on in here talking all sick. I already sound like I got a stuffed nose, so we're going to go ahead and get through this video today. Today is a fun one, man. I'm definitely excited to talk about today's topic. This season is about misconceptions in sports, and one of my favorite misconceptions, especially nowadays, is the misconception that in the NBA – Talking about basketball, the best way to build a championship team is with two two-way wings. And the Boston Celtics show why this is definitely a misconception. So about two years ago, the Clippers were looking to build a team around Kawhi before they got Paul George. And it was thought that Kevin Durant might join Kawhi L.A. And Matt Kellerman had to say this. I said two two-way wings that play yep. on MVP level. That's the easiest way to a championship. Jordan Pippen. Um, LeBron and, and Wade, right? Like, as soon as you see that, wait, those are two MVP-level wings? I mean, two MVP-level of any kind, Steph and KD or Shaq and Kobe, I get it. But when you have two two-way wings, and this is what that would be, they would have, I, I believe they'd be favored to win the championship next year. Building a championship team with two two-way wings is definitely a way to go. In my opinion, it's not the best way to go. It's not the worst way to go, but it's a way to go. If you look at the two other times that it's been done with Jordan and Pippen, LeBron and D-Wade, you see that the dynamic was not just that they were two-way wings. They were two two-way wings, and one of them was a prolific passer, point-forward, playmaking type of wing. Scottie Pippen being that and LeBron being that. And I look at the Boston Celtics, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, both are great players, great ISO scorers, athletic, defensive guys, but they have a problem when it comes down to making plays for their teammates and operating in traffic and making decisions. We take a look back at the Boston Celtics in recent history since the big three days. They've been trying to reconstruct the roster for a championship. They've been to the conference finals a bunch of times, got to the finals this past year. Back in 2015, they got Isaiah Thomas. He was a great addition. He carried the team. He was the leading scorer for most of those years. I'm looking at it right now. IT had 19-5 his first year with the Celtics, then 22-6. and And he had 29-6 that big year he was trying to get paid, and he was in MVP conversation. In those years with IT, they lost to the Cavs his first year in a sweep. Then they lost to the Hawks in six. And they lost to the Cavs in the conference finals in five games. So there was a playoff team that was doing pretty good, but they couldn't get over the hump. So they decided to go big or go home and land Kyrie Irving. Kyrie played two seasons with the Boston Celtics. He averaged 24-5 and five and 24-7. and seven. And they lost to the Cavs in seven in the conference finals. And they lost to the Bucks in five the following year in the second round. However, that year they went in 2018 to face LeBron in the conference finals and lost when he had his great performance. Kyrie was not playing that playoff run. They had a different type of setup. It wasn't just Kyrie making plays. They had a whole team effort going on. You had Scary Terry Rozier averaging 17. Jason Tatum averaged 19. Al Horford averaged 16. Jalen Brown averaged 18. Marcus Morris shifted in 12. Marcus Smart 10. A game in those playoffs. It wasn't just one or two guys doing everything. And that's why they had that big run, in my opinion. After the whole Kyrie thing didn't work out, he left to go to Brooklyn and team with KD. They brought in Kimba, kicked the tires on that. They didn't do too much. They got to the conference finals his first year and lost in six to the Heat. And then they lost to Brooklyn the following year in five games. And they had to ship him out of there. 
They had three point guards, very similar type of game, score first, smaller point guards, They're very dynamic in their own right, but don't necessarily make players around them better. I know Kyrie had a year we average seven assists with them, but he's not a playmaking type of point guard for other people, but more so for himself. So now we fast forward to this year's finals, and if you watch this series, you know that a big story was how many turnovers the Warriors were able to force from the Boston Celtics. The Warriors themselves have a lot of turnovers on offense, and they had 18 less turnovers than the Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics had 97 turnovers in six games. A lot of those turnovers and a lot of the lack of offensive production can be put on Jason Tatum's shoulders. Jason Tatum is an elite player in this league, but he did not have a good series at all. During the regular season, averaged 27 points a game, 4.4 assists, 2.9 turnovers on 45% from the field, 35% for three, and 85% from the free throw line. Turnover ratio of 1.5 assists to turnovers. During the finals, his numbers dipped off to 21.5 points a game, 37% from the field, 66% from the free throw line. He was able to take up those assists to seven, and the assist to turnover ratio went up to 1.8. However, he was forced to make a lot more plays, thus the higher assist numbers and the turnovers, even though his assist to turnover ratio went down. He was put in position where he had to make plays for others, and that's not really his strong suit. He did the best he could, I think, at this point in his career. Uh, there were a lot of games you just looked and you just saw that he was uncomfortable. His three-point percentage went up to 45%, which was very good but it shows the true story of where he was comfortable at. He was getting those catch-and-look threes or those pull-up threes coming off naked off a ball screen. That's where he was comfortable. And when he was having his ISO moments where he was in the post or driving to the basket and contested areas where they're digging in, reaching the ball, he got to make quick plays and quick spaces, he wasn't comfortable. Jalen Brown isn't free of any blame either. He had a very bad series in terms of playmaking. He scored a ball better than Tatum, obviously, and he had his moments. But he did not do a good job taking care of the ball and making players around him better either. For a Celtics fan, I know that final series had to be tough. I know my assistant coach back at Hampton, Matt, he was disappointed how they played. He felt like they got punked. I mean, I don't feel like they necessarily just got punked, but it's just they got exposed more than anything. Um, you got guys that can score the ball, guys that can defend, but they are not playmakers, and they got the ball in their hands a whole lot not to be making people around them better. Uh, you look in the past in the NBA, uh, like I said before, you had LeBron and D-Wade, Mike and Scotty. Uh, those duos were definitely better. You had guys that can make plays for other people. Even if you look at Magic and Kareem, you got the point guard center duo. That makes playmaking a whole lot easier because of those pick and rolls, pretty simple reads, having a big that can draw some of the attention. It opens up the court for the people around them and the person come out the screen. Uh, even with the Shaq and Kobe Powell situation, they were in a triangle offense with Phil, a motion-style offense where a lot of those passes were built into the system. And when they dig into like the pick and rolls and the driving kicks, Kobe was a good enough passer, and Shaq was so dominant that he opened up things for everyone else. And even if you look at the Warriors dynasty, you know they had the three different iterations of it. They had the strength and numbers in 2015, 2016. They had the KD Warriors, and then they had this year's Warriors, which was very similar to those 15, 16 strength and numbers Warriors. A lot of people think the dynamic duel was either Steph and Clay or Steph and KD. But truth be told, the real duo is Steph and Draymond. Like their pick and roll where he can hit Draymond, Draymond can make a play for someone else. Or when Draymond's in handoffs, he's able to hit Steph and get him open or get other shooters open or just find those cutters. Like that's the real duo to their offense. 
the Celtics don't really have a bread and butter two man game of any sort of kind. Like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum get into their offense with you know ISOs coming downhill out of control. That's not a good style of basketball when we get to that highest level NBA Finals. Who's gonna win a championship type of basketball? That, that stuff usually doesn't work in those moments unless there's injuries where bad basketball can't prevail. Personally, how I would face the Celtics is by breaking them two up. I think Jalen Brown could be a star on his own team. I think he's being held back by being a second fiddle on that team. Jason Tatum is the better player right now in this, this point in their careers, but I feel like Jalen Brown, if he had his own team, he could average those 27 points a game in his own right on a good playoff team as well. He could find his full potential. I would pair Jason Tatum with somebody like a Ben Simmons before all the drama, uh, the injuries. We don't know where he at physically or mentally. But since that's, you know, that's too far gone, I like Tatum and LaMelo Ball or Tatum and DeJounte Murray, like get him with a point guard that can make plays and also defend. Or I would match Shane Tatum up with an elite big, like a Jokic. He would solve all the offensive problems. You know, he's a great passer. He can score on his own. Like Defensively, they have a great defense team to cover him up because that's not his strong suit. Um, or guys like Embiid or AD, obviously none of these guys were available, but that definitely would be easier for Jason Tatum being in a two-man game with a big. It just makes the passes easier, like having a big that can take someone away, it can't switch as much, it's not so much iso ball. That would help the Celtics out a lot in my opinion. I know a lot of people are going to say that look at them, they got to the finals with this, they just need a couple tweaks and get older, more experienced, they'll come back better. I'm telling you, it's not that easy to get back there, especially with the East the way it is, you got Giannis. It got by Giannis this year because Chris Milton was hurt. That series went seven without the second best player. KD and the Nets, they might they might find out something uh, with Kyrie if he comes back and Ben Simmons. They might have something cooking. Always got the heat to worry about. And you got the young young Hawks trying to make moves. Like it's always competition, so it's not a straight line back to where you got the previous season. Everybody trying to get better. Everybody trying to hit the chip. So. That's what I have to say about this situation, this misconception that two two-way wings is the best way to build a championship team. It's a good way to build a team. However, those two-way wings have to complement each other well. One of those guys has to be a natural and willing passer. And with the Celtics, neither of those guys are. If you're a trainer looking to take your business to the next level, Jumble's got you covered. Scheduling, streamlined bookings, and payments make it easier than ever for you to focus on the important things. The team at Jimbo created a platform that connects its users to athletic facilities, training, and events. So if you're looking for a better way to run your business and engage your community, tap in. You can find us at jimble.us. That's G-Y-M-B-L-E dot U-S. Or on Instagram at Jimble app.